welcome to week five of our course, EDEM 6629 Children's Literature and Integrated Arts. Last week we looked at explicit vocabulary instruction for transitional text and we spent some time making some outstanding paper puppet dragons. I don't think I'll ever get over the dragons. This week we're going to work with graphic novels, but my lecture is going to focus more closely on lesson planning since our full lesson plan assignment is coming up a bit later in the session. We're still operating within the Teachers Creating Readers framework as we continue building out our repertoire of children's literature genres. And with lesson planning, we're going to push further into the aspect of the framework that calls on teachers to know and use strategies to engage students with reading and to combine those strategies with high interest, relevant stories for young readers. This course is all about children's literature and not just any children's literature, but literature that can be used to intentionally teach language requirements throughout PK to fifth grade. <clears throat> Children's literature is not limited to the ELA block, and research has shown us again and again that we've learned so much about reading, how to read, and beyond reading through reading. Fictional children's literature is also a great metaphor for lesson planning. Think back to the books that we've read so far and think about the books that kind of define your reading identity. They have clear, gripping beginnings, middles, and ends. Early in the best stories, readers are introduced to something that really piques their interest and makes us keep turning the pages so that along with the characters, we experience discovery after discovery, all leading to a resolution of some kind or another. So in the first part of a good story, we're introduced to the players, the adventure, the setting, and sometimes even the goals <clears throat> or motivations of the characters or the author. Similarly, an effective lesson has two introductions that should draw us into the lesson. The first introduction concerns the standard objective and assessment. These are added at the top of the Piedmont lesson plan template and should drive the rest of the lesson plan. These three pieces, the standard, the objective and assessment are considered the golden triangle of the lesson plan because they all feed into and support each other. And the lesson really cannot be successful if they do not align. Your standard is typically a broad learning goal for the whole year. Your objective is a specific, observable, measurable target for the single lesson that supports that learning goal. It describes using Bloom's verbs what students will be able to do by the end of just that one lesson. And the assessment should measure whether or not they can do what the objective describes. Assessment here can be formative and generally is just for a single lesson. Use formative assessment to continuously monitor student learning and to identify where you might need to offer reinforcement, extended support, or portions of the lesson that students may have already excelled in that you don't need to belabor. The standard objective and assessment, again, are the foundation of the rest of the lesson plan. If those three pieces aren't interconnected, and if the teacher and students are not sure of how they're interconnected, then the plan is not going to be effective. The second introduction of the lesson plan concerns how you'll take what you know about student social, emotional, cognitive, and experiential knowledge and create a strong entry point into the day's lesson. This portion of the lesson should really only be about five to seven minutes 
and can, for example, intentionally familiarize students with some aspect of their past experience that will help them in the lesson or introduce a concept or idea and scaffold students into the topic verbally or visually when possible, building bridges between known information and the new information they're going to receive. Talking together about a picture, sorting material or objects into groups and talking about the group's characteristics, similarities, differences, or beginning with explicit vocabulary instruction for three new words, just like Dr. Archer did, quickly get students actively engaged and ready for that day's material. At the end of the introduction you've designed, some questions you might wanna ask yourself are, do I know how and why the standard objective and assessment work together? How am I going to link the introduction to the body of the lesson? Will the transition between the introduction and the body be obvious, smooth, intentional? Am I moving toward giving students the content, skill, or strategies they need to successfully meet the objective? The body of the lesson, in keeping with our narrative metaphor, is the rising action of the story and includes or should include the climax of the story as well. The rising action is where the teacher is providing the instructional tools the students need to prepare for the climax. And then the climax itself is where students try to apply the instructional content the teacher has shared with them. And this would be where students participate in some sort of formative assessment. So again, the body of the lesson is where the student will receive the instructional materials and content they need to demonstrate their learning on the assessment. And this should really be the longest and most detailed portion of the lesson. The body of the lesson should include a step-by-step -step guide indicating what instructional moves the teacher is making to support student learning and what learner moves the students are making to apply what the teacher has shared. The teacher is the instructional leader of the lesson, and especially this should be obvious in the body of the lesson. So if a teacher moves into the body of the lesson and the students start working independently on writing, reading, or completing a graphic organizer or some other engagement without teacher modeling or scaffolding, then the teacher is not being an instructional leader because they have not delivered any instructional content. This would be like giving someone a story without the rising action and skipping straight from the exposition or the introduction to the climax. The verb in the objective should give the teacher some clues about what they should do to prepare the students to meet the objective. If the verb in the objective is draw or write or explain, what kinds of activities should the teacher lead the students in to prepare them to accomplish drawing or writing or explaining something when they get to the formative assessment? Effective educators stick with their learners throughout the body of the lesson, first by scaffolding, then modeling, and then observing and conferring as students work through an independent portion of the types of content or engagement that's already been modeled for them. When elementary students are given large chunks of time, 20, 25, 30 minutes to work without guidance and without teacher or peer interaction, comprehension may break down. 
when students don't understand what they're supposed to be doing, this also presents an excellent opportunity to distract others or create disruptions. Small chunks of instruction and guidance followed by small chunks of collaborative or independent activities maintain an effective pace and rhythm for the lesson and ensure that no one works too far ahead or gets off track. Questions to ask yourself after you've designed the body of your lesson plan. What instructor moves have I narrated or described in my lesson plan to indicate that I'm giving students the instructional tools they need to achieve the objective? What are those tools? How did I deliver them? Are those instructional moves clear to me as I read my lesson plan and will they be clear to anybody else who reads my lesson plan? Does the instructional segment move from least complex activities and engagements for students to most complex activities and engagements for students? Does what I have modeled line up with and relate to what I'm asking the students to accomplish in the objective? For example, don't narrate apples and give students oranges. If you have apples, your students should have apples too. Once students have attempted the assessment, plan a meaningful resolution to your story or a meaningful closure to your lesson plan. Verbally or visually, connect today's content to some other engagement students have already done. Give them a preview of what's going to happen tomorrow or ask them to intentionally reflect on some aspects of their learning in the lesson. Guided, high-impact, open-ended questions that only take three to five minutes at the end of the lesson can give you many insights into what students got from the day's adventures and what you might need to incorporate into your materials tomorrow. Design your lesson plan, let it sit for a day or so, and then go back to it and review it and kind of follow these same questions. As you review from open to close, ask yourself if your lesson makes sense. Is it easy to follow? Can you identify the instructor moves? That is what the teacher is doing. And can you identify the student moves? That is what the students are doing. Do the instructor moves prepare the students to be successful on the engagement? Is there a clear connection between the two? And can you describe what that connection is? So the engagement this week is the lesson plan assignment. And it isn't due until a bit later in the session, but I wanted to give you some time to start thinking about it. Start thinking about planning and to maybe even consider designing a lesson plan using the graphic novel you read this week. You could also use any of the previous books that we've read as well, but try to plan with a book that you've discovered during the course and include an art engagement. The art engagement doesn't have to be complex, though it should be guided and clearly connected in some way to the instructional content of your lesson. We want to move away from the now color a picture or now illustrate your sentence kind of prompting to intentionally and instructionally connecting the art to the content in a way that deepens students' appreciation, enjoyment, and understanding. You'll see an example of this in the lesson guide directly under the link to this lecture. 
The guide should also serve as your thought partner and should help you think about the depth and development, pedagogical knowledge, and content knowledge required to get students to deeper levels of learning. I will assume that you've looked at the guide and that you have used it as an example as you move into the lesson plan assignment. Also, use any kind of feedback that you've gotten on assignments up to this point. I really look forward to seeing you all in Canvas this week.